welcome into another week of True Selfie. It is our fifth episode of our marriage series. Jess is here with me, like always. Yes, and it is good to be here. You know, I do, I enjoy doing this it's with you. so good to be here. You're a funny, entertaining, you're just, I'm drawn to you. <laughs> you better be, because we're right. drawn together forever, That's baby. For ever forever that's right marriage is forever it's true i'm just fixing my headphones that's all right you know who's leading that marriage you me <laughs> that's what we're talking about today that's what we're talking about right leading leading a family yes so we're gonna get into a lot of different topics on that um let's start are you ready to start what you got let's start so Leading a family, um, uh, all right, uh, well, how do I say this? Making babies can be easy, you know, like it, it can. There's a lot of people that, that have children that um, <clears throat> feed them most of the time, give them shelter most of the time, get them up until they're 18, and then kind of get rid of them, you know, like you, you, you can have children and and get them to where they can go off into the world and be their own you know and, mm -hmm. and survive and not die not fall off a cliff they're still gonna do stupid stuff <clears throat> but um but leading a family in a biblical sense if you take on that responsibility um how uh how amazing how impactful what a big weight that is to be put in charge of other human beings, not not just in charge of keeping them alive, but but raising them, coaching them, guiding them based on knowledge that you've gotten from God into eternity. Like that that's a a big weight, a big responsibility. Now And now, an honor. An honor, yeah. A, a man doesn't do it alone. It's it's designed to be done by a man and a woman together. We've talked about, you know, who is the leader biblically of the family. Um, I, I do believe there can be multiple leaders. There are lots of things that need led inside of a agreed. family. Yes, agreed. Um, there, there can be financial leaders. There can be... Um, <clears throat> mathematical leaders you know there there's you and i are both strong in lots of different areas and i do believe that a lot of times you're the spiritual leader of our family i don't know do you look at it that way um i mean for the we've talked before like our marriage has taken a lot of strong yeah. leaps and bounds since we've said i do i do believe that I held that spiritual leader um, for a while, yes. Um, now I see us doing it together, but mm -hmm. I do see you taking more ownership as you dig deeper into God's word and, you, and you're starting to take on that call. Yeah, so I... I so leadership is an ever evolving thing inside of the family. The Bible is very clear about it, but our life takes us through lots of different turns and, uh, you will be the spiritual leader. I'll be the spiritual leader. Um, 
you know, we go back and forth with that financial leaders, just all kinds of, of different things. Um, whenever you're a leader, <clears throat> I, I go back to uh, Matthew 20, 25 through 28. It is. Um, so in 25, it says, but Jesus called the disciples together and said, you know, foreign rulers like to order their people around and their great leaders have full power over every one they rule, but don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. And if you want to be first, you must be the slave of the rest. The son of man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who will give his life to rescue many people. So I look at the leaders. I'm not here to bark rules around, you know, to set a schedule that everybody must follow or any of that. That's not, that's not what it is. I mean, the Bible tells us not to do that. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. So as a leader of the family, I am here to serve you, to serve Kendall, to serve Landon and to serve E. Right. I, yeah, I agree with that too. Um, read that last part where Mm. it talked about, um, you have to be the, the greatest or the, the, uh, let's just go through 27 and 28. If you want to be first, you must be the slave of the rest. The son of man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who will give his life to rescue many people. Yes. So like we have been talking about from like, uh, Ephesians five, um, you are as the man, the head, the headship of our family, you lead our family, but in regards to leading, it is not an arrogant um, prideful man barking Mm -hmm. orders to his family. It's a man, um, in love with Christ laying his life down for his family. Yeah. Serving my family. Yeah. Yeah. I need to serve my family by, like I said earlier, helping you on your journey towards eternity. Right. So I need to know the word. I need to know what to do in situations I need to be there to serve you and get you through things. Right. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven three it says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The mm-hmm. head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. So that kind of gives you that hierarchy of the mm-hmm. way that um, a family is established in God. God goes down to Christ, then goes down to man, which then goes down to wife. Yep. So when we see the headship and the leading defined in the Bible, um, we see that out of 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, where it literally lays it out for us. The man is head over the wife. Yeah, as long as the man is, I mean, I guess it doesn't say as long as, but the man better be reporting to Jesus and to God. Like he better be doing that and doing it the right way in order to be the head of a family. I guess it's a, it's a position that we are given, I guess not necessarily, we are in somewhat elected through marriage, uh, but it is a position that we are given. It's a responsibility that is put on us 
and we must know how to use that responsibility. Uh, it's no different than any any tool in your life, uh, money that you're given. Like if you're given money, it's your responsibility to do the right thing with that money, and you should know what to do with it. You should know uh, probably that taking your paycheck and trying to uh, gamble it away on horse racing to get a retirement is probably not the best decision that you should be doing something more responsible with it. You need to do research, know what to do, talk to people and figure out the right thing to do with that. Right. So as a man is leading his family, um, or as a wife for all of the single moms or single family units out there, whoever is holding that headship for their family, um, the best way to lead is by following God's word, by following the way that he teaches in the Bible, by following Christ's example. If you are not diving into God's word and have a time of study and prayer, um, how do you expect to lead your family well? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't You can't throw a pitch across the, the plate. You can't hit a, a ball with a baseball bat. Like, you can't If you've do never anything. practiced yeah. mm-hmm. or spent time perfecting your talent as you could say, um, when the talent is needed, when the parenting is needed, when the discipline is needed, Mm -hmm. when, you know, that time comes, you're not going to be prepared and equipped for that moment of time. If you're not spending day in and day out working on that talent, discovering, studying God's word, spending time in prayer and fasting. Like those mm-hmm. things are things that you have to do daily to prepare you for that, those moments. Yeah. I mean, Ephesians 6, 4, I think is what a lot of parents look at is parents don't be hard on your children, raise them properly, teach them and instruct, instruct them about the Lord. You have to know about the Lord. You can't teach somebody and instruct them without first knowing. So your first uh, duty as a parent is to know the Lord. You have to do that because it's your job to raise them that way. And it, and I love the first part of that. Parents, don't be hard on your children. There are moments <laughs> for uh, hardness and moments, for, you know, tender moments and right. whatnot. Um, we've talked about it before in some of our other podcasts. Like you can't, beat it into somebody. The Holy Spirit has to work. You have to, you have to take them to church. You have to have them read the Bible. You have to do some of that, like a lot of that stuff. And then the Holy Spirit works inside of them. Right. But that's, but you have to give them those tools. Right. It's like if, um, if our kids wanted to get better at baseball, they would not come to me because I don't already display the example of knowing how baseball works. I don't live it. I don't breathe it. I don't go out and play. Um, The right person that they would seek out would be Jesse. Now, if our kids wanted to learn how to sing or do things with musical ability, they see me living out that life. Yep. So they would then in turn come to me because they have seen it. It's been on display. Yep. The works are right there. The, um, I'm trying to think the, I've built up a, you have a reputation, reputation. For, of a Thank knowledge you. base on that stuff. Yes. I've built that reputation on that. So they have trust that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They have trust that, you know, the rules of baseball mm-hmm. because you, 
display that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there has to be that display for people, for your children to gain an understanding and an respect and a credibility yep. to what you're trying to teach them. So if you're not, if you go to church, but then you cuss your children out mm. there for them, it's like, you know, why are we? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't it's, add up. It's right. It's contradicting what you're trying to display. You can tell people what to do. Right. But unless you show them, mm-hmm. they're not going to understand. I'm trying to think of a quote. Um, oh, it's it's something um, people don't. Like people won't, uh, I wish I could think of it right now. People don't care how much, you know, until they know how how much much you you care. care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to develop that relationship. You have to not be hard on them. They have to know that, that you care about them. And then when there is that trust built in the foundation, they will come to you with their questions about God. They will come to you with their questions about baseball or fashion or, or whatever. They will come to you looking for that. And as the leader of a household, you must be ready to answer those questions. It is okay to say, I don't know. Right. Um, we, we tell people that at work. I, I learned that in college. It's okay to say, I don't know but I know where to find the answer. Right. And then you show them like, not everybody knows everything. You got to go digging. You got to go do the research yourself. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, if you're not living it, it's not believable. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if you're not living it out, it is not believable. Um, it is hard. Like we hear this scripture that says train a child up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. Mm -hmm. Um, if you aren't living out a life that pleases God, when like you just see it so many times, families in the church raise their kids and then when they're 18, they're out of here. Never see them again. You never see them again because they've grown to despise the church because of the, the way that parents are in church aren't the way that parents are at home. Oh, yeah. So a lot of kids are seeing church as this like impossible thing because their parents are, are, they're taking them to church and they're seeing everything that's happening and they're learning, but then their parents aren't displaying that in the home. So they get confused and they're like, if kind of like what you said the other day, if that's church, I don't want to do with it. So they grow to hate it and they grow to rebel and they go because the relationship from parents to children isn't being cultivated in the way that God intended. You're not training them correctly. You're taking them to church and you're letting the church train them. Mm -hmm. But then when you're home, you're not speaking of God. You're not opening your word. You're not playing worship music. You're not, you're not showing that lifestyle at home. So it's two different things and it never comes together. Mm -hmm. So we have to be better as parents to bring them to church, let the church teach and be what it's meant to be edifying, helping, praying. But then when we're home, we have to make sure that we're still living that life in the walls of our house. That church life at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they need to see that they can't. Yeah. Like you said, they can't see them as something separate. Um, 
children need a day in and day out example. They are going to mirror your behavior. They are going to do what you do. Um, you're going to, a child is going to turn out like their dad. A child is going to turn out like their mom. Um, there may be some things that they don't like about their parents and they'll, they'll purposefully work on that and change that about them. Cause right. they'll say, I didn't like when my mom did this or dad did that. They will know that and they will change that. But there's so much subconscious going on that they're watching you do right. that they're going to pick up on and they're not even going to know they're doing it, Right. but they're doing it, you know, and they're going to think that it's okay to be, and hear me out. They're going to think it's okay to be sitting at a bar stool on Saturday night and praising on Sunday morning. And it is okay to do that it, to, as you're working through that struggle and the Lord will be working through you on that. On that's, I think that's when you said that, I'm like, mm. but mm. I hear your heart. I hear <laughs> yeah. your heart in the matter that we're not perfect parents. We are. We struggle. We day in and day out are going to fail and we're going to come short. And the, the struggle I think that kids have is church is this place that seems perfect and everybody's, you know, but then they come home and they see their parents mess up. They see their parents cuss. They see their, they see all of these things. And it's like, is this ever an attainable life? You know, but the process of a parent who is training their kids up is to say, Hey, I am not perfect. I don't know how many times I've told my daughter, I'm not perfect. This is my first go. Like I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying doing these things. But the way that I, you know, yelled at you was not called for. I should not have yelled at you that way, but mommy's just trying to show you how much I love you. And I know sometimes my emotions take over and I'm not perfect and God's working on me will you forgive me? They have to see that you don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, that you are a work in progress, but that still doesn't give you an excuse. Some people I think yeah. can take it and be like, I cuss you out. Cause I just, those shirts that say, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Oh, I'm like, yeah. mm, that doesn't give you an excuse to cuss. It doesn't. No. And it doesn't give them an excuse to get angry and yell and at our kids. Um, but it is important to say, so they know that we aren't perfect and you're not going to be perfect. You're going to mess up and we will give grace and extend it. Yeah. Um, a pastor said something not too long ago. He was talking about all that stuff and this, like what's going on at home and all that. And, uh, he did, he mentioned, um, you know, watching TV shows with cuss words in them and whatnot. Right. And both the kids looked at me, Oh, uh, right on the front row. They yeah. both were like, Mrr. and I was like, ah, and, uh, because yeah, I mean they've heard that you know it's hard to it's hard to find things that don't have a lot right in it, um, but I, I guess maybe it's not the right way to deal with it. But if it if it's a show that only has a few of them, if it's a lot of them, it's got to go. You know, like we can't sit there <laughs> and get through. I don't know what that magic number is. He's like, what balance is it? I, I don't. I don't know what it is. But uh, there was one that I was watching uh, an older movie not too long ago with Landon. And uh, we got 15, 20 minutes into it or something. And it was about some uh, like teenage boys or whatnot back in the 50s, I think. And so they were teenage boys back in the 50s were a fair amount different than what they are. Well, I don't know. They're probably the same. They're, I don't know. Anyways, they were saying some of the lower, let's call it lower level cuss words, but there aren't any lower. They're all bad, I guess, you know. Yeah. But I paused the movie and I said, Landon, I said, I watched this movie when I was little. I said, but there are more cuss words in it than I remember. You never hear, I never heard cuss words until I had kids. And then I hear them all the time now. Yeah. Um, you're like, the radar goes off. And you're like, oh man. 
and I told him, I said, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I said, you know, we don't talk like that, right? I said, uh, but there are some good morals in this movie, <laughs> not the cuss word part, that I want you to, to grasp, and we'll talk about those. I said, so we're going to keep watching it. That's maybe not the best thing. It looks like okay. Brooke does not agree with Don't that. Don't go to Jesse for parenting mm-hmm. advice. Well, there were... Sure, uh, play the porn in front of him. No, whoa. <laughs> I'm just messing. That escalated quickly. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. though, like it's an extreme. Like but it's a sin is a sin. A sin is a sin. So we started talking about standards and maintaining right. standards. Right. And probably even in our household, um, there are... a. I see it all the time. A parent will put a standard on their child, but they will not maintain the same standard. Right. I love the example of pop. Love it because parents will drink 15 Cokes a day and get one every time they go by a drive through, but they won't let their kids have pop. Like I, I don't, you know, it's one of those things like, well, it's, it's, it's unhealthier. It's going to rot your teeth out and it's doing the same thing to the parent. That the kid isn't. It's to me. It's no different than drinking or smoking. It's you know you're drinking and smoking in front of not you, Brooks. Sorry to look at you and say that, but some are drinking and smoking in front of their kids, and they're saying you can't do this. And it's an extremely confusing concept for a child yes. to grasp. Yes, that's what they can. And that's what we were kind of talking about with the church versus home. Is they don't add yeah, up. They There's don't. a standard, but they're not li- like the parents not living it at home. Yep. You know so. That's confusing when you're saying something, but then your actions aren't lining up to the, to what you're saying not to do. Yeah. Imagine trying to teach somebody a sport like that. Okay. In baseball, you're like, okay, hit the ball and run to first base, but then you show them how to do it and you hit the ball and run to third base. And they're like, what, what the crap? You told me to go do this over here, but you're doing that over there. And then they do it in the game, and you're like, why'd you do that? That was so wrong. And you're like, they're like, but I saw you. I saw you run to third base when you hit right. it during practice. Right. So, yeah, there's a standard that we have to do our best to maintain. Screen time. I love that one, too. He's on a roll, y'all. Oh, man. I mean, I, I'm bad about things. I'm not saying I'm good about everything. But in a modern-day parenting environment, those are some of the things that I see that are, are confusing. Um Raising your children, uh, like I was raised uh, around alcohol and smoking and all that stuff. And I don't remember my first drink, but I was not of age. Um, and it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but it's one of those things that you're around it and your parents say you can't drink, but they are and honestly, you want to be like your parents. Um, oh, I got a scripture for that. Um, Proverbs. I love that. Oh, I got a scripture for that. Ooh, I got a scripture. Uh, Proverbs 17, 6. It, uh, this was a simplified version of it. Uh, grandparents are proud of their grandchildren and children should be proud of their parents. So when you see a, a parent drinking, a child thinks like that's the right thing to do and they're going to be proud of that. So the child says, I want to be like my parent. Look at me drinking. I'm proud of them. And so I'm doing this like they are. Uh, there's a country song out there like, look at me, dad, ain't I cool or something? 
I learn it by watching you. Yeah. It's like that kind of stuff. Like your children are going to do what you do and they're not going to wait till they're 21 till they're smart enough. You can't treat them like adults. They're not. They're little, sorry, they're little idiots running around. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. They're just mimicking you. They're doing what you do. They're developing the same bad habits that you aren't proud of because you're doing it in front of them. Right. It's all, it's in, we're imitating Christ and everything that that's our goal in life is to imitate Christ. And it's, I can think back to a time when Easton was probably a year old and, um, I was doing something. I was like, when I was taking a picture or something, I was pointing or I was doing, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was doing it. And then when I went to go take a picture with him, he saw what I was doing and he mimicked me for the picture. Yep. And so we both were doing the same thing. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like he thinks that you do that when you take pictures mm -hmm. and it's no different. Like when kids are learning to talk and they hear cuss words and then like next thing you know, your kid who's two is running around cuss, cussing people out yep. because they hear it. They imitate, they mimic what you're doing. People who follow Christ, there are people who are watching you, whether they're your kids or their friends or your coworkers, yep. they're imitating what you're doing. They're seeing what you're doing. And they're imitating it because they think that that's what a Christian is. They yeah, think they that that's know. the best option. Yep. A very, uh, an, uh, an opposite example of that is so, uh, in my past life, this was a long, 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 long time ago. Um, used to hang out in a crowd and, uh, you know, we smoked every once in a while, certain things. And, um, well, one of the people in that crowd had a very, very young child, and we were all standing around in a circle smoking. And next thing you know, here comes the child into the middle of the circle and was doing the exact same action that we were doing. And that parent instantly said, oh, we can't do this in front of the kid anymore. Like that kid was mimicking a very bad thing. They had no clue. So that kid was going to grow up thinking that that's the right thing because that's what that's what their parents do. So if we hold our children, if we hold our children to a standard, we better be stinking living to that exact same standard, if not better. And it's like the same thing with your friends. Like you are who you hang with, right? You're yep. going to embody the things and the characteristics and the traits and the skills and the whatever, the bad, the good, you're going to, you're going to start picking up on those things. And that's what your kids are doing as they hang with you. Um, is they're going to start picking up on what you're doing mm -hmm. because that's what they see is right. Yep. I, I can, um, you can turn on an old country radio station or an old rock radio station and I can sing every word to those songs. Um, not out loud because I don't sing, but that's what I heard growing up. Um, you listen to Landon walking around the house with his AirPods on or any of that stuff. And he knows every Christian song. Like he knows those words. He doesn't know. I don't think he hardly knows really any secular songs, maybe some that he's heard on the bus and whatnot and all that right. stuff. Um, and he will, I mean, not too long ago, he, he came up to me with a song and he goes, Hey, it wasn't a bad song. He goes, would this be okay to sing in church? And I, and I listened to it and I'm like, it's not bad, but it's, it's not what church is about. Like, it's not a bad song to be listening to. Um, but it didn't have anything to do with God. Yeah. Um, and that's true because why does he do that? Because at our home, we have Amazon and Alexas and we just play worship music all the time. Everybody's Amazons and Alexas are just going bling right now. They're <laughs> right? all listening to you. My bad. My Alexa, bad. turn the heat up. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but it, it's, it's 
on display for them to see. Yeah. It's on display. I'm not saying that we have it figured out because we don't. I'm, we don't. Our kids are still in at home. We don't know how they're going to turn out. We don't. And and you you go you work your way through the first one, you know, <laughs> and then sometimes you look at the first one and go, hey, sorry, we messed up when we told you that. <laughs> How'd yeah. you do that? You know, yeah. I'm sorry. We're doing it better with the next two, but you're the guinea pig. Yeah. It, it, the heart of the matter as a parent is to read God's word. Yeah. Follow God's word. And instill that into your children, train them into that. Um, if you aren't making God a priority, if you're not making um, like ministry for your own life a priority, if they don't see you accepting the call of the gospel, if they don't see yeah. you accepting the mantle that God has placed on your life and walking in that, in the fear, in the unknowns, in the when it doesn't make sense, when times are hard, if they don't see your faith being lived out, they're not going to believe it's real. Right. And if you're not making church a priority, why do you think that they're going to make a priority? Yeah. Why do they think as soon as they get a chance, they go to college and they never go to church again because something else was a more of a priority. More important. So we just have to be aware that we're always being watched as parents and yep. we're always, whether we realize it or not, they're seeing something. They are. I mean, if you're not serving at church, your kids are most likely not going to serve. Uh, we have been very blessed, and both of our children serve in church and have for years now. They both want to do stuff. They want to be active. They want to help because they see us doing that. Um, both of our children have prayed over people before because they have seen us pray over people and seen us pray over them. Mm -hmm. So it's it's those examples. That's what they need to see. Um, I mean, and there have been times where we haven't felt like it, you know, there have been times where we haven't felt like going, there have been times where we don't feel like serving, where we don't want to go, you know, and it, it happened a few weeks ago and our kids propel us to go. There was, there was a Wednesday night <clears throat> a few weeks ago, it's, you know, around the holiday season and all that stuff. And we, I don't know, we were maybe we were both we were kind of getting over sicknesses i don't think you were 100 percent or whatnot yeah. and all that and uh we had looked at each other and we're like all right we're really busy right now um and uh, we both were like well do you want to go to church and then no no i'll leave it up to you and it was kind of back and forth and then i think you asked our <laughs> children and both of them wanted to go and i think i was at work because then you text me and i said well i guess i guess we better go <laughs> and then yeah i don't know if i asked them if or if it was just like, me and you are kind of talking about not going. And they're like, no, we got to go. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're right. And it, I mean, we weren't really like putting it in their hands. Like they weren't going to decide oh, for that's us. True. They don't make our decisions. <laughs> they don't make they our decisions. Don't. We're adults. We're adults. Um, but even in the feelings of not going, even in the feelings of, you know, oh, it's been a long week or oh, life is really tough right now. I don't want to go. They are still watching. They're still watching. And yep. it's, if you don't make a priority, they're not going to make it a priority. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're, they're going to learn everything from us. Um, yeah, church attendance, obviously, that that's a huge deal. Our flesh is weak. So we we got to make it a priority. Um, we have wavered up and down whenever a child goes through a sports season where we might miss a service here or there. Or, you know, we talk with them about it. Uh, hey, we're doing this because of that. But we always make sure they know what's more important. There's... Um, there's a baseball league that I would love for Landon to be in, but they have games on Sunday 
And I heard him telling his friend just a few days ago, like, oh, I could be on that team, but we have church on Sundays. Like he said that to his friend. So his friend now knows that church is a party. Landon and his family aren't going to be in that league because, well, that's church. That's That's, the Lord's day. Yeah. That's a day that they deem important enough to um, push pause on life and, and give that day to God and, and the importance that that is showing in his life, but also as he lives that out, now his friends are seeing that in yep. him, you know? So it is a generational blessing. So many people talk about generational curses and, you know, Jess was talking about how you like, you are who your parents are. And, and mm-hmm. there are things that you pick up because of your parents, but there is power in the name of Jesus to break off things that don't need to be picked up, Yep. you know? And that's what a generational blessing is, is f- accepting the favor of God on your life as a child of God and allowing that to flow through your offspring. That's you got to save your family first. Yeah. You, you know, can win the world and lose your family and that's not what. No, no, it isn't. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough battle in whatnot, because I think it's very easy for some people to get so heavily involved in ministry that, or even work. Or work, yeah, um, but you forget about your family. You just expect them to do what you do or to do the right things that you do and follow in your footsteps. Um, but you got to always stay vigilant, and you got to always be on top of it. You cannot just expect them to do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of, like, <clears throat> I'm not saying that women, I stay home and I have worked, so I'm not saying that, if you're a woman who is working that you're walking away from your family, that's not what this statement is about. There's nothing biblically about that, but I do believe that in the times of biblical days, women, that was their job was to, uh, teach their children and to be over their children while the husband left. And as you see more women in the workforce, that takes the vigilant eyes off of your children because now you have two parents that are outside of the home putting in lots of hours and now there's a home that has kids that aren't being watched as closely oh yeah Mm -hmm. as they were when the mom was home and the husband was out working so i think that the openness of the home now that both parents are in our culture out in the workforce they're is an open door more for the enemy to come in and attack the children. And, um, I mean, we, I stepped out of my, um, job just a few years ago because I felt the call to be home. I felt Mm -hmm. that that was my mission for this season is while we have our children to make sure that I'm parenting them well, and I'm sacrificing some things that I've like for my life, in order to make sure that my kids are getting the attention that they need. Yeah. So <clears throat> biblically, you know, I would be pronounced as the leader of the household. Um, but anytime I talk about the success of our children, I put Brooke's name first. Um, it is her. I cannot be as vigilant as she is because of uh, having to leave the home, you know, Um, I can train them, I can work with them, I can take them to church and all that stuff, but she gets more time with them. They see her more than me. 
It's her vigilance that is directly tied to our children's success. That's, that's the way I look at it is I couldn't do it without you. Like we, we have to balance it. Um, if both parents are working, which we did that mm-hmm. for a while, it is completely possible to do what we're still doing. It's going to take more intentional effort from both parties. parties you can't yeah. just rely on the other person to do it. The wife can't say, well, you're the leader of the household. You stink and do it. And and the wife can't. Um, and then the husband can't say, no, I got a harder job than you do. You know, mine's more physically demanding. You have to do it. You should have energy left. Like that can't be done. You're both going to have to be intentional with it. And you're going to both have to live out no matter how tired you are. You're both going to have to live out Christian values. Right. We have to parent together. This is a thing that we have to do mm-hmm. together, no matter who's in the house more or who's not in the house more. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there. Um, there are single parents out there that do great work. Mm-hmm. There certainly there certainly are not saying that you have to have two people to raise a child or, or multiple children. Um, you just have to be vigilant as a parent. Um, if you are lucky enough to have two of you, then it is parenting together. You got to be just like we've talked about on some of our other podcasts, foundationally the same beliefs and you have to parent at the same time. Um, when it comes to discipline, you have to discipline together. You cannot undermine the other one's discipline. Right. Um, Brooke and I discipline each child differently, um, whether they're a boy or a girl or what age that they're at or any of that stuff. We have went through many different ways of it. Um, there was something about Kendall when she was little. I couldn't whoop her. I don't think I've ever whooped Kendall. I just, I just couldn't. She's a cute little girl. I just was never Brooke would retro up by one arm and you'd hear that I diaper. But I could never with, with Kendall. And then I didn't with Landon for a long time, but then it got to a point to where, you know, we had to parent together. Brooke, he was, he's a big enough boy to where boys just boys out. Their toughness gets quicker or they, they get tough so quick that their moms can't maybe discipline them as effectively without hitting them across the face or, or something. And um, so you got to step in at that point in time. Uh, Easton, he's different. He is uh, the meanest of the three. And yeah. we'll uh, probably, we'll both probably need rotator cuff surgery after right. this one. We're going to be wearing arms out. But you have to be on the same page. You cannot undermine each other. Your children will need discipline. They are not adults. You cannot treat your child like an adult. If you and your wife are having a conversation your child can't be a third party in there like an adult. They, if they're sitting in the back seat of the car, they have to stay back there. Um, they can't get in your conversation. Um, uh, the, the kid cannot be bashing one of the parents in front of the other parent. It cannot happen. Both parents have to step up and say, you're not allowed to do that because you're not an adult. You don't know. Just think back to how stupid we were when we were 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 25 years old. Right. You know, I mean, we have to be on the same page. You, your children are not adults. They are. And discipline is very much um, a form of love. Like think about the way that um, we get disciplined by God. Like the Holy Spirit disciplines us. You mm-hmm. know, he tells us like, you can't say that. Like, that's not right. Um, we, I mean, we feel it. We get convicted. There are things 
that we can and cannot do. And God does that because he loves us and he wants us to grow and he wants us to display the most truest and purest form of love to other people that we can. Um, and it's the same way with parents and children. Like your children have to be disciplined. You have to tough love them um, in order for them to grow. You have mm -hmm. to show them the right and the wrong. Um, if not, like... You'll be picking them up out of jail. Beware. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I know. We're going to have to end this podcast. You want to go discipline one of them right now. It's been, it's been a while since we disciplined one. Um, so discipline is a necessity as parents to children. Like you, it's a part of love. I know we can, you always hear them say like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Um, uh, as you're slapping them, you know, <laughs> um, and they're going to understand that one day. Like it does hurt to discipline. It does hurt our hearts. We love our children. We don't want to take things away or to ground them or you know whatever, but it is required for them to know, like there are right and wrong things in this world and yeah. how you, ha how you handle that situation and the way that you spoke or the words that you said, those are not God's will for your life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, discipline is, is a must, a must. <laughs> discipline is a must. Um, can we talk about like pushing your kids? Like, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, back to the other, the scripture that I had, uh, from Ephesians six is parents don't be hard on your children, mm -hmm. raise them up properly, teach them and instruct them about the Lord. Um, you best not be um, putting your entire future on your children or the burden or any of that stuff where they have to make a million dollars and have to get straight A's or any of that stuff. Um, you need to make sure that your child is the best that they can be. You need to listen to them, understand their passions, understand their strengths and their weaknesses, and you need to go with that Um our children, both of them have sang in church. We kind of thought both of them were going to just keep progressing down that path. Um, and then they kind of faded away from it for a little while. We didn't continue to force that upon them. They have both found other ways to serve and still be useful members of the church. But we didn't we didn't force them down that. Um, yeah, I think it's important, though, to... Okay, so pushing your kids, like not allowing them to settle oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, things. Yeah. Um, because think about you're like, even in, as an adult, like I'm very, we are our own worst critic. Like we're going to nitpick the way that we do things. We're going to, oh, yeah, I suck. We're going to tell like, are just lots of stuff. That's just how like it is, is you're going to tell yourself that you're not good at something. You, and that's, what's going to be feeding in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the same way as, with children, like even in like junior high, I mean, people just bully and, and they start hearing things. So they start believing them. So it's important to understand that kids are hearing things and it's not always biblical stuff that they're hearing. Oh, so yeah. as a parent, I always try and I, and people may, you may not agree with this, but I always try to dig deeper into mm -hmm. why they're not doing something. So like, um, Landon, we were, there's this talent yeah. competition going that we're doing in a couple of months and it was supposed to be a couple months ago. So we were kind of talking about if he was going to do it or not. And he said, eh, I'm, I don't really want to do it. And I'm like, okay, but why, 
you know, tell me why you don't want to do it. Because he was passionate about because it. Because he's very, he loves. Loves to sing. Loves to sing. Yep. And he was very passionate about it. And I said, okay, well, tell me why. Why don't you want to? And um, his response was um, he doesn't, he didn't want to go and sing in front of people he didn't know. He didn't know, yeah. He didn't know. I said, well, it's the same thing as singing in church. He's like, no, I, I know the people at church and I just don't want to sing in front of the people I don't know. So th- at that point, it tells me that he is scared. He's under attack. He, f- he fears something. Mm-hmm. And my biggest motto in life is I'm not making decisions based on fear. We do yep. not make a decision in our life based on fear because that's based on what the enemy is telling me, not mm-hmm. on faith, which is God's word. So I was telling him, I'm like, buddy, that's a, that you're doing that. You're making a decision based out of fear. You're scared of something. And I'm like, that's not what we're called to do, you know? Yep. And we, as parents, we need to dig deeper. Why are they not doing something? Is it because they're scared of what someone's going to say? Are they scared that they're going to fail? Um, you know, whatever it is, find out what that reason is and make sure you explain to them, like, that's an attack on your mind from the enemy. And we don't listen to what the enemy says. Now, the Bible says fear not like 300 times. Yeah. Or something. There's some statistic out there knowing that fear is the main way. The kids enemy gets are so anxious yep. these days. Mm-hmm. There are so many kids, children, doesn't even matter the age that have anxieties and fears mm-hmm. and depression. And as parents, it's your job to encourage and push them. You, you have to give them God's word. They'll say, I'm anxious or I'm fearful of this. And you got to say, that's not what God says about you. God doesn't say you're anxious. God doesn't say this. God says this about you. You know, right. you're wonderfully made. You're one of a kind right. uh, that, that he has plans for you, that, that things, you know, that he is with you. You know, you have to. You, you got to be ready. I don't know what scripture it is, but you got to be ready with God's word. When, when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days or in the wilderness for 40 days, um, he was quoting scripture to push to the devil away. The enemy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what we have to do as parents. We have to make sure that they understand God's word and know how to attack him. If we, if I would have been like, okay, you don't want to do it. That's fine. And I just let it. And he slid back. Mm-hmm then that's what's going to happen the next time. He's going to get fearful and he's going to slide back and he's never going to overcome. Yep. And we have to stand behind them, support them and say, listen, but I know you're fearful. I know how scary it is to sing in front of people you don't know. Like I do it every week. There's hundreds of people that come in. I don't even know who they are. Mm. Um, you're going to get nervous. It's going to be scary, but God's with you. God says you'll get through it. That's right. And so we have to push them in some certain, in some situations to make sure that we're propelling them to their purpose in life. That's right. Um, if you don't stand firm in the parent role and push, then they're always going to pull back. They're always going to draw back. They're always going to settle. And that is not what the, um, God wants for your children. He doesn't want them falling into the traps of the enemy. So it's okay to push your children. It's the right thing to do to push your children. Make sure you're pushing them in God's purpose for them. Don't push them yeah. in baseball. Don't push them in football. Don't push right. them in, in all of this stuff that might not be eternal. Um, don't push them into, into gymnastics or cheer. I mean, you you know what God has on their life, but don't push them into something that they don't want to do. Make sure you push them in their purpose. Right.
which is, I think what you were kind of starting out with that about. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, last minute comments, babe, what do you got? Again, it's an honor to, to sit back and I don't want to say sit back, but it's an honor to be a leader of a family. Um, it's an honor to be a father, a dad, a mother. Um, it is great. You are not just the person that wipes poop off a butt and feeds them food and make sure they get to school. You are not just that. As a leader in the family, you have a responsibility for that young child's eternity. Right. And you need, and it's going to take time to get that child to where they understand the weight of eternity. And uh, it's our job to lead them in that direction. Right. That's so good. It's an, there's no greater call on on your life than to be called a mom or a dad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think about, there's just so many times where I'm like, you know, God, you entrusted these three kids to me. So that means that you trust me to raise them to my best Mm -hmm. knowledge. No, like, let me just tell this to someone who may be a single parent or you may feel like you're a bad parent. Um, God chose you for them. Yep. Nobody else can parent them better than you. There's, if you're thinking like, well, I'm just going to let, if you're maybe divorced and your kids are going back between houses and the thoughts in your mind, like, well, they just do a better job. I'm just going to let them parent and I'm out. Please don't like right. God chose you for them. There's a reason why he's entrusted those children to you. It's because nobody can love them like you. Nobody can mentor them like you. Nobody can support them like you. Um, pick up that call and walk with, walk in it with humility and honor. And I don't want to say pride, but pride, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, pride in the aspect of like you're, you're, you're just, happy. You're a proud. It's okay to be a proud, a proud parent. parent. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to be that. Not prideful in yourself or any of that right. stuff. Right. Proud that you read God's word. You put that in your children's heart and they're using it. And maybe you've been a bad parent before. I've been a bad parent. Jess, you've been a bad parent. <laughs> we've all been, you know, we've all had moments where our parenting hat was oh, off. I've had to apologize <laughs> to my kids so much. Just pick it back, put, put your hat back on and ask for grace, forgiveness. Like I think sometimes as parents, we don't think that we should say sorry to our children, but we should. I do. I'm like, I'll tell them hours later. I'm like, I'm not happy how that went down. It was a heated moment. I was mad. I was already doing something else. And uh, I'm sorry, but do you understand what I was trying to say? You know, you still, you were, you were trying to do something, but you didn't do it the right way. The right way. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to apologize to your children. There's no, no, you're wrong. Grace and mercy. Yeah. And I remember, um, I heard this from someone that I'm like, I know, um, she, so her parents are Christians and she's been raised in a Christian home and she, like messed up bad, like did something like really bad. I I don't really know what it was, but it was like a moral failure in her Mm -hmm. eyes. And she remembers this. I mean, this is when she was in like high school, but she still remembers this to this day. Um, 
in the next day that she messed up, the next day, her dad delivered flowers. And on the card, it said um, something like, I know you. I know that you know what happened was wrong, but I forgive you, give yourself grace, and I love you more, and I'm proud of you. Even in the failing, failing mm-hmm. even in the failures as your children, please don't disregard, like, acknowledging that they're human and that they're going to mess up. Yeah. Still in those moments, give them grace, give you know? Give them grace. And let them know that you made a bad decision, but you're still my daughter and I still love you. You know, there's, that is something that they will remember and appreciate. And there's no greater love of Christ than saying that. And as you raise them right, they will know when they've done wrong. So sometimes you don't need to say hardly anything, you know, and then, but showing them that grace and mercy, they know it was wrong, but they know they're forgiven. They can, you know, pull their boots back up, tie them tight. Keep going. going. Yeah. Keep going. So, um, that's all we have for today. That's it. Um, any, you want to close this out? Yeah, I will close this out in prayer. Sounds good. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, uh, we thank you for the, the guidance you've given us in the Bible for the structure of a family and how it may give you glory, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for bestowing leadership upon parents. We thank you for telling us how important it's going to be, Lord, to raise our children up to get them to eternity, Lord. Uh, we just ask you that you you strengthen Brooke and I, that you strengthen all of the parents and uh, future parents listening, that they're able to absorb this and use it in their lives to help uh, better themselves, to better their children, Lord, uh, so that all of us may give you glory, Lord God, that uh, your word, we're using it uh, for your purpose, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. True Selfie fam, it is Brooke, and I just wanted to take a minute and thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I wanted to let you know that there are plenty of ways that you can support this podcast. What you just did right now is supporting it just by listening, and I just want to say I appreciate your listen. But there are other ways to support by sharing on your social media platforms, leaving a star or review from wherever you are listening from, or you can financially support, whether it be through clicking the More Feature tab, you'll see a link that says Support This Podcast and that gives you the flexibility to do small monthly contributions. That's right, as little as 99 cents. And you can also support through my website. It's brookgunther.com by clicking the donate tab where you can do one-time contributions or monthly contributions um, that are accepted through PayPal or you can use your debit or credit card. However you support, I just want you to know that I appreciate you.